the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed. Hour number two is underway now. Eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Thank you for being with us. A reminder, I just want to hit it again. Um, uh, a friend has texted me and said that he had heard, uh, and he is somebody who's actually uh, running a campaign or is a uh, campaign assistant for a local congressional candidate who said they have been warned about disinformation campaigns being started to uh, spread fear and to stop people from going to various venues and places because of fears of coronavirus, and that that disinformation campaign can indeed come in the form of fake news tweets and fake news messages being sent to people in order to uh, stoke fears uh, of coronavirus. That's probably what I was just hit with. Um, a liberal disinformation campaign, because if they can say to people in media in various cities that coronavirus has been detected in your city, it will freak people out, keep them home, stop them from spending, hurt the economy, and, of course, help uh, the Democratic challengers to the president and in various congressional races. So the disinformation campaign is uh, likely underway. So I did indeed read a message that was a hoax. It was a prank. It was a hack. It was whatever you want to call the disinformation campaign. But no, there are no confirmed cases of coronavirus in Northeast Ohio. None. Anything you heard to the uh, contrary is inaccurate. So I want to make sure that we are clear about that. With that now, uh, I want to bring on uh, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Everett Piper is, of course, a um, uh, regular Thursday guest. He is the former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He's a best-selling author. He's a weekly columnist for the Washington Times, and he joins us now. Or, uh, uh, joins us now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Dr. Piper. Good to have you. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. 
lot of stuff to talk about, uh, and this was not among them. When we uh, kind of planned our, our discussion, um, this had not yet hit the news cycle, and since it has, I want to get your reaction to this. Um, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer at a pro-infanticide rally outside the Supreme Court yesterday, directly threatening by name two uh, U.S. Supreme Court justices. You, Gorsuch. I w- we missed the beginning of that. Let's try it again. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. His office has said, oh, he meant that Republican senators would pay the price. Um, Of course, you heard the clip. Never does he mention Republican senators. He does mention, by the way, there are more than just two conservative uh, constitutionalists on the Supreme Court. He only chose the two that were appointed by Donald Trump. That is of note. Uh, but your reaction to what you just heard, an implicit threat against, I believe, the safety of two justices by a United States senator. Well, we need to listen to exactly what he said. The, you have unleashed the winds. You will not know what has hit you. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. This does not sound like an, uh, a challenge of their ideas. This does not sound like a challenge of their position, which I, as a conservative, have challenged Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sotomayor. I have challenged their rulings. I've challenged Kennedy's rulings, etc. I've written about it. I've spoken about it. You, likewise, have probably done the same. There's a huge difference between attacking an idea and attacking a person. In my view, I don't know how anybody, whether you're left, right, or center, if you're honest, I don't know how you can listen to Schumer and not conclude that this is an attack of the person by name. You will not know what has hit you. This is not a challenge of ideas. This is an attack of the individual. It's not appropriate, and it foments the potential for violence and harm on those that you disagree with. And we should be speaking up and saying this is wrong. And then, as you know, Bob, when they were challenged, they start backtracking and lying. They just lie. It it makes no sense. The response, they could have said, well, he should not have implied that he is attacking an individual or that he advocates violence against Gorsuch or Kavanaugh. They could have said that. But rather than doing so, they blame Trump Excuse me. They blame Roberts for not challenging Trump in the similar fashion, which is not true. He did challenge Trump when Trump targeted Obama-appointed or Bush-appointed lawyers because Roberts did say there are no such things. We're ju- we are justices of the Supreme Court. We're not appointed by any particular president, per se. So it's not honest to criticize Roberts for not having the same type of negative response against Trump as he does against Schumer. It's just a lie. Yeah, it is. It is a lie, and uh, and even the statements made by Trump, though, about uh, left-wing judges, Obama-appointed judges, was far, far uh, more harmless than an actual implied. I don't even. I can say implied. I would rather say implicit threat uh, of violence. Especially, we're only two years removed, roughly, uh, from from a, a Bernie Sanders supporter taking a rifle to the Republican baseball practice and shooting it up, and and thankfully only hitting one person, but nearly killing Steve Scalise. The idea that he would say, "You're going to pay, reap the whirlwind," you're going to pay the price you won't know what hit you and you can't say that you meant that politically because those justices are not elected 
They don't have to face re-election. You can't say that you meant that. They're appointed and they're there for life. So the only thing you can mean when you say you're going to pay the price is some something is some harm is going to befall you. And there's it's impossible to read that or interpret that any other way. Um, Here, I've got a, I've got a prediction. Yeah. Okay, I predict that if if and when the Democrats gain power again, and I hope it's not in this election season, but inevitably there will be a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate and a Democratic president. When that happens, this is my prediction, you will find a huge movement to impeach these Supreme Court justices for their conservative beliefs and votes. There will be a movement for impeachment of Supreme Court justices. Mark my words. This will not just become campaign hyperbole. It will become an actual movement from that party. I completely agree. And while we're on this subject um, of the the Supreme Court hearing the Louisiana case uh, on on abortion, which essentially requires abortion clinics to abide by the same rules uh, uh, as far as health and uh, uh, you know admission, et cetera, that every other medical center does as far as who can perform procedures and so on. Um, let's talk about the morality of that issue and. As uh, as we do that, let's listen to Representative Sharia Tlaib. I know her name is Rashida. I call her Sharia for a reason. Listen to what Sharia uh, Tlaib said outside that pro-infanticide rally yesterday. You know, I, in the legislature, in the Michigan legislature for six years, used to say people to people, yo, yo, you know what? You're so freaking obsessed with what I decide to do with my body. Maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me or with you or with any women. I think uh, incredible. That, that, I think that is something that we can probably have bipartisan, unanimous agreement upon. Um, uh, men should not want to have sex with her. Uh, but go ahead. What's your reaction? I, I was going to say I, you can't. I, did those words just leave your mouth? I mean, uh, who who does want to do that? I, I think the line is pretty short. Let's just let's just guess. The line is pretty short. Second, why in the world should any medical clinic? Any medical facility not be held to the same policies for taking care of their patients, for cleanliness, for reporting. Why shouldn't any medical clinic, if that's what you want to call an abortion clinic, why should it not be held to the same standards as a local hospital or the local local doctor's office? In whose world is that wrong and why? That's not even a claim against abortion per se. It's a defense of the woman's health. And why in the world, after you've watched these terrible stories of Gosnell, where their abortion clinics are filthy, they're filthy, and women are being abused and subjected to infection and potential death, why in the world would anybody who pretends to be pro-woman suggest that that clinic should not be held to the same standards? It makes zero sense. Dr. Everett Piper uh, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. One more quick question on abortion, then, since, again, this is happening at the Supreme Court. And we are watching now what is shaping up to be a Biden versus Trump potential general election. Um, I read a piece that I shared with you from the Washington Examiner, one of your competing papers there. I know you write for the Times, but I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Tim Carney addressing the notion that, well, 
if you do not like Donald Trump, you do not like uh, uh, liberal politicians either, but you are so anti-Donald Trump, you feel like I can swallow Joe Biden as a candidate. I can vote for Biden uh, because I'm a never-Trumper, but I hate liberals, but I can vote for Biden because he's at least a moderate. He's at least a, a, a choice that I can swallow with, um, you know, from, from a sense of morality. Uh, Tim Carney wrote a piece about Joe Biden's extreme abortion views. Um he is no different than than Elizabeth Warren or virtually any one of those who were screaming yesterday at that rally uh, as far as not only abortion on demand, but abortion in the third trimester, abortion up to the moment of birth. If people think that they can, their morals will will be satisfied by choosing Joe Biden over Donald Trump. Um, I've got a I've got an issue with that. Your thoughts? There are two reasons that I cannot ever vote for the Democratic Party or anyone who runs under that particular banner or on that ticket. They are anti-life. They believe in killing children up to the point of them exiting the birth canal. And now they're even arguing afterwards because you don't have to take care of a botched abortion victim. You can let that victim of the botched abortion lay in a steel surgical pan, warm and wiggling, and let it die. That's the position of the Democratic Party, and Joe Biden embraces that position today. He's never refuted it. He has never said that's a bad idea. Second, Joe Biden's party and everybody in it does not believe in religious freedom. There are two reasons to vote for Donald Trump. He believes in defending the dignity of the human life, all human life, and he believes in defending the First Amendment and your religious freedom to practice without oppression within the town square and within the, the American uh, civil debate. If you think Bill Crystal or any of these other guys who pretend to be conservatives, that voting for that party allows you to still claim the banner of conservatism, you're out of your mind. That is crazy. That's voting for the hierarchy, to quote Os Guinness, rather than the covenant and the Constitution. Always vote for a covenant, the Constitution, if you want freedom. Never vote for a hierarchy, which is Joe Biden. Dr. Everett Piper, very well said, as always. We're going to take our break here, and on the other side of that, we're going to talk about a couple of bills in your home state of Oklahoma. This, of course, would be important to people all over the country, but in Oklahoma, they are pa- trying to pass a couple of bills uh, that are, well, outrageous, to say the very least. You were invited to the state capitol in Oklahoma to meet with legislators about understanding how to respond to those bills. Dr. Piper, I'd like you to tell that story next on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, we cut that break a little short, and we'll have to make up for it a little bit later on. But I wanted to give Dr. Everett Piper a little bit more room here to discuss this. Uh, Dr. Piper, again, you were uh, invited to the state capitol there in Oklahoma to discuss uh, some legislation uh, that has to do with LGBTQ rights and or uh, the suppression, perhaps, of the rights of women and girls uh, in that state. And this, of course, could have implications in other states as well. Uh, And we're talking about House Bill 2970, to be precise. Tell us a little bit about that, and then tell us about your meeting uh, in uh, in, uh, 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 the Capitol. Okay, here's why people should care about the news in Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the reddest of red states. In the last two presidential elections, not one county in Oklahoma went blue. The entire map of Oklahoma is red. Presently in Oklahoma, you have a 60-40 split in our Senate 
and in our representation uh, in the in the House of Representatives and in the Oklahoma Senate, there's a 60% Republican majority in both. So Oklahoma is red. But in spite of that, two bills have recently passed committee. One of them passed 14 to 0, which would do this. Outlaw conversion therapy. Okay? It would make it illegal for any licensed counselor to provide counsel and assistance to anyone 18 years or younger who wants to stop homosexual behavior or stop their transgender behavior. It would be illegal for a licensed counselor to provide counsel, therapy, assistance, encouragement, direction on how to stop that particular behavior. Okay, that's one in Oklahoma. The second is it would make it a requirement that any board or committee, any state board or committee that is uh, deals with child welfare must give preference to board and committee membership to LGBTQ members. Okay? Why is this a bad idea? Because if it happens in Oklahoma, it's going to happen in Ohio. I'll guarantee you. Number one, the very nature of Christianity is conversion. And why in the world would we sit back and allow the government to tell us that it's illegal for a pastor or a licensed counselor at the local church or your local parish, to give counsel and encouragement to somebody that wants to live a biblical life. Why would we tell, allow anybody to tell us that that's illegal? Second, to give preferential treatment to LGBTQ for committees and boards elevates them to legal minority status. Now, why is that a bad idea? It's the first time in history that we would be giving legal minority status to a group of people based on their behavior rather than their biology their behavior rather than their biology. That will open up Pandora's box in this way. Why wouldn't other people who have given behaviors demand minority status likewise? Why not adulterers? Why not philanderers? Mm. Why not transracial? Why not transabled? We open up Pandora's box for anybody who has a behavioral inclination to demand legal minority protection and representation. It is an endless nightmare if we go down that don't go down that path. It insults real minorities because now somebody who has a behavioral inclination, they have an appetite for a given sexual lifestyle, will be given preferential treatment over and above Asians, over and above blacks, over and above Native Americans, over and above women, real women, biological women. Those people will be subjugated to the whims, the passions, the desires, and the inclination of the LGBTQ minority who's going to get preferential treatment to committees that are going to oversee child welfare. I could go on and on, Bob, as you know, but I went down and told some legislators in Oklahoma City why this is a terrible idea, and these two points are among several that I made to them. This cannot happen if we're going to have religious liberty, and women should be outraged because now a pretend woman will get preferential treatment to child welfare committees over and above somebody who is a biological female. 
the fact that everything you just described is going on, as you said, in the reddest of red states in Oklahoma is really kind of a, a terrifying thought for people who live in places that are not necessarily so. Um, if this can take root in a place like Oklahoma, I cannot imagine what it will be like in, in other cities and in, in other states. What is your uh, feeling as far as the opposition to this in Oklahoma City? Do you think that HB 2970 is going to be jammed through by people who have, are afraid of the political ramifications, or uh, will the notes that you offered and the suggestions that you counseled other uh, 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 legislators with be sufficient enough to try to stop and defeat this thing? I don't know. The second bill that I described, the one that requires LGBTQ representation on boards and committees, mm-hmm. that passed out of committee 14 to 0 on a Republican-driven committee, and it could go to the entire House floor, and we'll see what happens there. But here's the point. Here's how we can win. And I told these legislators this. I'm going to read number my point number six, Bob, so everybody can hear this. Okay. This bill is an egregious compromise of women and women's rights. In principle and practice, it denies that women are even real. It denies the biological facts of the female. It, does, it denies women their own showers, their own restrooms, and their own sports. It takes away their privacy and their dignity and even their eye. Identity. This bill and all others like it actually black faces women by mocking them as little more than cartoonish constructs, a fantasy and a fabrication, rather than an ontological and biological fact. For these reasons, for this reason, and many more, we should cite this as what it is, a terrible law with terrible consequences because it's misogyny and it's blatant racism. If the Republicans would get a backbone and a spine and stop capitulating to this nonsense and defend women, defend women, be a classical feminist because you argue that a female is a fact and not a fabrication, defend women and you can win. I think we have your answer. Your passion and is is very rightly placed here. Um, the fourteen to nothing committee vote is 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 pretty pretty clear. What's going to happen here? And and again, what that leads to you you your point about um, what other groups, what other minority status will be granted to other groups is is really something to consider. And I would hope that there are people listening around the country. And I'm going to do a national a couple of national shows next week as well. And I think I'm going to have you on if you're willing because I want to sound the alarm in other. States. States as well. This this type of um, uh, domino effect, I guess, if you want, once this one tips over in Oklahoma, you can only imagine how far that is going to spread. Uh, and and we're going to be powerless. <laughs> we're going to be powerless to stop it. It does not sound like we have uh, a whole lot of options here other than, uh, than grassroots and getting to every state representative before these types of bills are presented in other states, including here in the state of Ohio. Uh, because uh, once they have their mind made up, it looks like it's a runaway train. It is. And I'll be very brief. I know we're at the end, but here's the issue. This bill, these bills are sponsored by a former Nazarene pastor, a youth pastor. A Nazarene pastor is leading the charge on these. This error, this fallacy, this lie, this dumbing down of the Imago Dei, the image of God, to the Imago Dog, nothing but an animal that's driven by his inclinations and his appetites, and insulting women by black-facing them. This is being driven by an evangelical pastor, and we should be ashamed of it, and the church, the church with a capital C, needs to rise up and say no.
that is literally incomprehensible to me. I cannot wrap my brain around that and comprehend how an an actual man of the cloth, an evangelical, a pastor, uh, could be behind something like this. We are we are in very dangerous times right now when we can't even count on the church uh, to support and defend morality in the Word of God. Uh, and Imago Day, as you say, that is uh, very well said. Very disturbing, uh, but I appreciate you making us aware of it. Sometimes that's what we have to do. Dr. Piper, thank you so much, sir. Blessing. Dr. Everett Piper, uh, telling us what's going on in Oklahoma. And if that's there, he's right. It is a pure red state. What's coming here? What's coming around the country? We're losing it. We're losing control. We'll be back after the news. Ten thirty-seven. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Really interesting conversations this morning already. Uh, talking with uh, former Trump economic advisor Stephen Moore about the economic impact of the the coronavirus and the attempt to spread fear, weaponized fear. Quite frankly. Um, in uh, communities all over this country to stop people from going into public venues. You just heard it in our newscast this morning as well. They're considering at the uh, NCAA or conference tournament games at uh, uh, Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, uh, playing the games with no crowds. Nobody else allowed in except for players, coaches, and officials and trainers. No crowds because cause coronavirus. Uh, that is fear-mongering. That is exactly what it is, and it is. they canceled the event down in Columbus at the convention center, the Arnold Classic, which is an annual event that draws hundreds of thousands. Bodybuilding and health expo, etc., canceled, because we can't have people in crowds of other people. Influenza is killing people worldwide by the hundreds of thousands, and nobody cancels anything. Coronavirus has killed less than 5,000 worldwide, and we're canceling everything. It is fear-mongering, it is dangerous, and again, it's going to have a negative impact uh, in the United States on the economy, which, of course, is the goal. I mean, let's just be honest. As we talked about with Stephen Moore, that is the goal. The President of the United States was 100% correct when he told Sean Hannity last night, this is what Democrats are doing. They're weaponizing the virus to harm him. Well, Sean, the Democrats weaponized the virus against uh, the Trump administration. They weaponized anything we do, and yet if they did it, they'd be, uh, you know, hailing it. Uh, but they do weaponize this, you know, when they know what a great job we're doing. They know we have the best in the world. We have, and we've really shown it, even when you look at the small numbers that we're talking about. With And he's right. We have shown it, and we are doing a great job. And the CDC is the envy of the world when it comes to uh, dealing with this sort of thing, the spread, the outbreak, the control, the containment, and eventually the development of vaccines for uh, this type of thing. So uh, we are doing it, and President Trump was on it from the very beginning, canceling, uh, or I should say, uh, limiting and restricting travel from China to the United States back when everybody else was saying, you can't do that, that's anti-immigrant. So it, it is. It is a very serious uh, attempt to fearmonger. I even had a message, if you missed the first hour of the show, I had a message come across my screen under the guise of a news story from a local uh, uh, television uh, channel. I won't say which one again because I'm not going to repeat the, uh, uh, the uh, disinformation campaign, but uh, claiming that coronavirus was detected here in northeast Ohio, naming a city, uh, and uh, blaming Cleveland Clinic, not blaming, but uh, um, citing Cleveland Clinic as a source. There is a disinformation campaign that is active. They are trying to scare people into not going to uh, public places. They won't be spending money. 
businesses will be harmed, and of course, the impact uh, on the economy uh, will be uh, would be um, uh, you know would be very direct and very very obvious. We know it would lead to businesses losing revenue, thus raising prices, thus laying people off, etc. It's exactly what Bill Maher hoped to do in his first year, the first year of the Trump presidency, when Bill Maher went on. Uh, his program on HBO and said, I want to tank the economy. Come on, we can do this. When told this will hurt middle America, he said, I know and I don't care. It's worth it. If the economy tanks, we get rid of Trump and then we can rebuild. (laughs) This is exactly what their playbook is. All right, let me go to uh, my friend Jeff Malik now. Jeff Malik is with the um, Medina County Conservative Coalition. There's an event coming up he wanted to uh, uh, make us all aware of, and I said, Jeff, I could read your public statement there, your uh, press release about the event coming up, or we can have you on so we can discuss some of these things. And Jeff said, I'm in. So, Jeff Malik, good to talk to you again, my friend. How are you? I'm great, Bob. How are you doing? I'm good. I've uh, I've been better, though. I will tell you that. There's a lot of dangerous stuff going on, quite frankly. Uh, and and I'll, just before we start talking about uh, the event coming up uh, um, tonight at uh, uh, in Medina, uh, Medina County, rather, it's in Wadsworth, right, uh, specific? That, that's correct, yes. Yeah. Before we get into all of that, let me just get your reaction <clears throat> to some of what we just heard this morning and what I just summarized. They're trying to spread fear. They're trying to uh, use the coronavirus to help tank the economy so people aren't going to spend their money in public places. They're going to empty arenas, and all of that stuff is going to have a very deleterious effect on the economy in an election year. I find it one of the most reprehensible things that I've seen from a party of reprehensible people. Yeah, I would agree. I think Bill Maher um, is basically uh, a leader in this kind of thing. Everyone seems to have that uh, that same attitude that they really don't care what it does to the country if we can get rid of Trump. And uh, obviously we're not canceling our meeting tonight because I think our audience is more informed than that. But uh, unfortunately, there's an awful lot of the uh, the lamestream media that's going to uh, get their message out and, and scare a lot of people. Are you going to be passing out Purell at the door? <laughs> I don't think and, we'll do that. Uh, well, you know, yeah. and, and I say that I say that only half jokingly because you know there are best practices that we all should follow. You know, you know, true health officials who are not concerned with scaring people and trying to uh, you know fear monger people into staying home, et cetera, are saying, "Look, just follow the same standards that we set for influenza. Uh, do wash your hands. Do use hand sanitizers if you are coming in contact with a lot of people. It's just a smart thing to do. Avoid if you do shake hands with people, wiping your eyes or you know going." your hand to your nose or mouth because if they do have the flu or anything else so best practice is being followed is something we can do without freaking out and uh and again changing the way we live because of the uh i think the exaggerated fear of this particular uh virus yeah i I would agree but i would also say that uh what i have heard was that uh, hand sanitizer isn't really even necessary as long as you do a thorough job of washing with soap and hot water, that that's more than adequate to uh, to rid yourself of the, the uh, bacteria or virus that could be, you know, on your skin. So uh, I haven't used Purell since this whole thing started. Wow, and okay. no, we're not going to be passing any out, and we'll have uh, a men's and a ladies' room um, because we're binary there. 
And uh, there will be soap and hot water available <laughs> to anyone who wants to wash their hands. Glad to know that you believe in science at the Medina County Conservative Coalition and that there are we males do. and females, and that's it. Um, uh, and, and by the way, that uh, as far as the washing the hands thing, too, it's something we all tell our kids. It doesn't mean just put your hands under the water, grab the soap, and then wash the soap off in two seconds. Just wash your hands for 20 seconds <laughs> minimum. Do the one Mississippi all the way to 20 to really get all of the germs <laughs> off again. These are just best Absolutely. practices as being, you know, as being advanced by doctors since the beginning of time, and in particular in a high uh, infectious season like, you know, flu season. It just makes sense. So hopefully people are indeed doing that. Uh, yeah, hey, I, would Jeff- say, I would say also that uh, I even pay a little bit more attention that uh, 10 seconds of scrubbing hands probably becomes 20 now. Just, uh, you know, it's in my, my conscious, so I'm aware of it. So I spend a little bit more time the last couple of weeks washing my hands. I think that is uh, just makes good common sense, and it, it yeah. really takes not much more time. Completely agree. Uh, Jeff, one more thing before you talk about the event tonight you want to invite people to. Your reaction to the Senate Minority Leader of the United States of America saying this. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Jeff, uh, I didn't hear an implied threat. I heard a direct threat on two justices by name. I don't understand how he can possibly keep his seat in the United States Senate. Go ahead. Well, he he can keep his seat because he knows that right now uh, the Democrats uh, control the House, so there isn't going to be an impeachment proceeding. Um, I would love to see us flip the House in November and then take him up on that. And uh, I, if there is anything that should be impeach, impeachable, I would say he just did it. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you I'm think would happen if Donald Trump at a pro-life uh, rally were to say something like that, to say two justices who are, who are uh, pro-infanticide uh, uh, and said something like, if you keep these decisions up, you're not going to know what hit you. Uh, right, you know, right. you're going to pay the price. I, I cannot fathom there not being an impeachment vote that afternoon. And, and of course, they're trying to draw a parallel between what, uh, what he said and what Trump uh, made mention of that they sh- that uh, Ginsburg and um, um, I think it was Sotomayor, Sotomayor. Yeah. should should uh, should recuse themselves. Recuse. Completely different and and justifiable statement, I would say, based on their public comments. Nothing like what Schumer just said. Just no. unbelievable. It, it really is. We're in a very dangerous time right now, as uh, we've we've all said quite a bit. Okay, let's talk about fighting back. Let's talk about uh, uh, grassroots activism in places like Wadsworth. Tell us about tonight. Yeah, we, we really appreciate that David Conti is taking time away from the schedule because uh, David Conti is the NRA uh, ILA's grassroots field coordinator. Oh, uh, hey, hey, Jeff, hey, Jeff, yeah. uh, breaking breaking uh-huh. news. This one coming from uh, our studio. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has cashed it in. She oh, has, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. She apparently has decided not to take any more votes away from Bernie in future primaries. Elizabeth Warren, uh, the the last one to drop. I guess it's now just a two-person race. It's just uh, it's two 78-year-old men or 77-year-old men or whatever they are. <laughs> One an avowed socialist, the other a socialist without avowing such, uh, but he doesn't know what day it is. <laughs> Who are you going to vote for in November, Bob, now that Elizabeth <laughs> is gone? Oh, Lordy. Uh, that's a, and by the way, I don't know if you heard the clip 
I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, away from what you were talking about. But okay. um, I, I have been talking about uh, Elizabeth Warren staying in until she gets an assurance from Bernie that if you drop out, I'll put you on the ticket because she, he's, you know, they are, they're like-minded, and he's going to have precious few choices of people who would run under the socialist banner. Uh, and yeah. and some have said no, they don't like each other; they're very critical of each other. But during a live press conference in Burlington yesterday, Bernie Sanders defended Elizabeth Warren and her decision to stay in the race and labeled her a very, very very excellent senator who has run a very strong campaign. So that 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 uh, disagreement between them, um, you remember at the one debate where she came up to him and said, did you call me a liar on, yeah. on yep. national television? Yeah, I think all of that stuff is softening, and now she is getting out. She will probably endorse him post-haste, and uh, we'll see if she doesn't end up actually as the number two on that ticket with the eye on winning the presidency after he serves only one term, considering his age and his health. Right, yeah, I my... would say he's, he's definitely set the stage. And, you know, as as uh, steady as Bernie has been over the last, I don't know, 15 or 16 decades, where he really <laughs> has been an unwavering socialist, um, it's amazing his feet of clay when it comes to how he accepted the Democrats ripping the nomination away from him last time. And I think he'll do the same thing if... if uh, Everyone gets behind Joe, and he finally is pushed out. I think that he will get behind Joe and and be the good, quote-unquote, Democrat um, that he was in 2016. Even though he's not a Democrat. uh, yeah, exactly. Even though <laughs> he's not a Democrat. The most bizarre part. Anyway, I'm sorry. I took time away from you. You were talking about David Conte. No. He's going to be there tonight. He's the grassroots field coordinator for the NRA. For those who don't know right. David Conte, and go ahead and f- pick that up there. Yeah, he, it's actually the, the National Rifle Association Institute of Legislative Action uh, grassroots field coordinator. So uh, he, he actually runs the ground game in Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. So he's a busy guy. And actually, I thought we were going to have to postpone his visit because he was going to be out of state, but he was able to uh, manipulate his schedule and, and he uh, wanted to come and talk to us. He's really setting the groundwork tonight. Although he's going to be talking some Second Amendment, of course, he's going to be setting the groundwork for what we're going to be able to do to help the NRA in the Trump-Pence 2020 campaign. So he's going to be talking about the software they're going to be deploying, and uh, it won't be a training session tonight as much as just laying that groundwork, getting us to understand how we can be effective in in getting Trump reelected. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, <clears throat> The meeting's at 7 o'clock this evening. Um, it is in Wadsworth. It's at 743 High Street. Uh, the Now Church uh, graciously allows us to use their gymnasium for our meetings. So uh, it, it will be in the Now Church gymnasium at 7 p.m., and I, I really hope that some of your listeners can make it, uh, make it to listen to David tonight, and uh, let's get President Trump reelected and get out of this whole socialism and, and Joe Biden uh, senility uh, phase and, and back to getting our country back on track. Jeff Malik uh, runs the um, uh, uh, the Medina Conser- County Conservative Coalition. I almost called you the Medina County Grassroots Field Coordinator for the NRA. Uh, <laughs> no, that's David. Con- it's David Conti, the guest tonight uh, in Wadsworth, seven o'clock. You just heard it, seven forty-three High Street, the Now Church in Wadsworth. Uh, Jeff, thank you. Keep up the great work that you and the entire team at the coalition do out there in Medina County. We appreciate you guys, and thanks for coming on. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate All right. it. Bye Thank bye. you, my friend. God bless. All right, 1051, final segment coming up on AM 1420, The Answer.
Onward, final segment of the broadcast. It's 10.54, six minutes away from Mike Gallagher here on AM 1420, The Answer. Um, I don't know if you heard the the uh, Joe Biden gaffe compilation um, on Hugh Hewitt this morning. It was spectacular. We are going to make great use of it uh, throughout the coming days, throughout the coming weeks, throughout the coming months. Not only are we going to make use of what's already now, quote, in the can, as we say in the business, but what is still to come. We have all of March and April and May and June and July and August and September. We, I mean, we have we have six, seven months more of gaffes of Joe Biden on the campaign trail to look forward to. And this, we, I have a seven-minute uh, montage now, a compilation now of Joe Biden gaffes that I, what, by June will be probably 10, 11, 12 minutes? And they're all in like, you know, less than 20-second bites. That, that, think about the number of gaffes that includes in a, in a 10 or a 15 or a 20 minute compilation. How many gaffes if they're all average about 20 seconds? Look, John's last minute economic plan does nothing to tackle the number one job facing the middle class. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three letter word jobs. J O B S. That's just to whet your appetite. We will. <laughs> We will have so much more of that mental midget uh, <laughs> tomorrow and in, and every day to come. Let me get a couple of calls here before we check out. Chuck in uh, in uh, Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Chuck, go ahead. Hey, Bob, I have something you should research. Okay. The city of Cleveland Heights is denying a group of citizens from holding a meeting at the rec center. Okay. And it is being a speech by Professor Robert P. Strauss, a professor of economics at Carnegie Mellon. He is the he was the vice president of the Cleveland Heights class of 1962, and a member of their distinguished Hall of Fame on April of 2004. Okay, and, and if you want to call me off the air, well, I well no, just tell, tell me. Well, I, you can tell me on the air. Well, okay, why are they why are they banning him from speaking on campus? No, the city of Cleveland Heights is will not let us rent the rec center. Oh, the rec center. So it's not a Cleveland Heights High School. Okay, so it's a well, rec center. Well, he is, because we have a levy, a school levy on the ballot that this gentleman is going to talk about school funding. Not He is not pro-levy or anti-levy. Okay. But since we are not letting the pro-levy committee speak, they're, vi- they're saying that we are in violation of city rules. There is no public rule. I was going to say, now, if that's on the radio, I can see the point, because FCC requires equal time on things like this, particularly if it's a ballot item or something of that he is nature. Not speaking, but, he is not speaking about the ballot issue. He's talking about the way public education is funded in Ohio. All right, so that's Cleveland Heights. Uh, city Council is, uh, is refusing this? The city manager. City manager. Her name right. is Tanisha Briley. Uh, Chuck, thanks for the call. We will indeed look into it. Appreciate that. Let me get uh, Navy man Norm from Strongsville. Hey, Norm, go ahead. So, Mr. Biden, and I refuse to call him vice president, uh, can't give credit where credit is due. He has to call God and our creator the thing. So maybe one day the thing will call him before him and explain to him about the beautiful creation of every child in the image and likeness of God. Bob, I cannot fathom to this day how despicable, despicable a person who said he was Catholic would actually stand and refuse to say 
the word God or the creator and refers to it instead of the thing. Now, I know it's, it's gross ignorance, but I also know the fact that the word God is anathema to every Democrat. But there is going to be an accounting. And thank God you have people like Dr. Everett Piper and yourself uh, standing up for life because we are in a war. We are in a war for our souls. And anybody thinks otherwise, look no further than my son and my daughter-in-law's alma mater, Notre Dame, that hold a large LGBTQ and transgender. Norm, you're going to have to finish that comment next time you call. Thank you, my friend. Uh, God bless. I appreciate it. But we are out of time. Mike Gallagher's next on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 